welcome to a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintra. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Uh, before we jump into the news this week, I'm going to just uh, let you know a little format of the show today because I know it's been a very frustrating talking a lot about Elon's Twitter antics and all affecting Tesla and everything, but it's also hard to deny that it is affecting Tesla and more so this week than any other week before. And uh, there's there's a lot of important storylines about it that I think we need to discuss and we will, but we will do it at the end of the show this time um, around the same times that we take your comments and everything because we want you, you guys to be involved in that discussion too. But at the same time, by pushing in at the end of the show, those that I know are so frustrated with it that they don't want to hear about it again, I understand you guys and I won't be mad if you just click away by the by the time we get to it. But first of all, so we'll, we'll keep like, we'll try as much as possible to keep everything that's related to that away. But there was a lot of test on news this week too that it was like good news that wasn't related to that. Unfortunately, what's so so bad about it is like, that's what we see here from our own, our own thing is like, there's a big news that come out on Tesla. We post it out, but it's get drowned into all that Twitter drama articles coming out all the time. That's very annoying. Uh, but let's start out with the, the probably the biggest one of the week. The Tesla Electric was launched. So this is this is uh, the very beginning of Tesla's product, true energy product that we that we knew they wanted to release. Like that's uh, you know they've been they've been playing around with the VPP, the virtual power plants, for a while now. And this is very much like that, but it's a little bit different and we'll get into it. Uh, but you know, when Elon was talking about Tesla being a global distributed electric utility that might become bigger than Tesla's uh, vehicles business, well, this, this is it. This is the product they're talking about here. This is truly becoming an electricity retailer through their distributed energy asset. In this case, primarily the, the power wall, but also, of course, solar. Uh, though the solar is may or may not come from Tesla, but that's not really the thing. The product itself is the sell, the retailing of electricity through those assets, and, and that's what uh, the, the the Tesla Electric is. And uh, it's been launched now through select few customers in Texas first. And Texas, like it's a it's a it's really a sweet spot right now to launch this product because first of all, the market does need it there, like it needs it bad. The the electric. A grid there has had a lot of issues over the last few years, especially in the summer when the, the people crank up their EC. They've been brownouts, near blackouts uh, several times over the last few years. And at the same time, one of the reasons for that, people are about these two sides, of course, that they're, are bickering about this. But a lot of people see it because it's an extremely deregulated market that they have electricity-wise. Well, it's also allowing, to, allowing Tesla to, to, to release such a product because they, they were approved as an electricity retailer in that market and and now uh we reported earlier this week that they, they had the approval for for uh, what they called the the phrasing on it was very particular it was a statewide market design pilot for small distributed energy resources to provide grid service export so basically being a, a electricity retailer through distributed small energy system Tesla already has big ones with their, their mega packs and everything, but this is for the Powerwall. So it's very similar to the VPP that they launched in California earlier this year that we discussed a lot. But instead of responding to specific events that the grid needs, it's so basically the grid, an electric utility, the grid lets Tesla know, hey, we expect like having a lot of demand issues uh, 
and around this particular period uh, if you can get your VPP to provide us services to make that not as bad, uh, we will pay them good money. And that's how the VPP works. But in this case here, it's an electric plant. So you get on Tesla's electric plant and Tesla basically buys and sells your, your electricity for you through their power wall and, uh, and the electricity that you produce, either that you store in the power wall and produce on your own solar and then store in the power wall. And Tesla with the energy market in Texas, optimize it for you so shave your peak uh, electricity rates and sells it at the peak and vice versa so this is uh this is basically tesla being an electricity retailer uh, on on a small scale right now only some people in texas that have a power wall are eligible but we expect this to be like the first step of tesla electric being this global distributed electric utility anything to add yeah. said yeah, so a couple things. Um, one, you know, I've, we've been kind of calling this for a while. Like, it just makes sense, and they've kind of alluded to it. I, I remember uh, at the uh, Gigafactory Nevada, they were talking about, you know, when they had Panasonic, uh, and they were talking about batteries, and the new cells, or actually at the time, it was the the, uh, the old new cells. Um, they kind of made a reference a few times to, you know, being an energy company. So. We, you know, we've been expecting this for a while. The other thing is, I'm really surprised at this point that Tesla is not doing bi-directional charging on their cars because, you know, while there's a lot of solar out there and while there's a lot of um, power walls out there, there's a real lot of, you know, Tesla vehicles out there. And if you could say, hey, uh, when my vehicle's connected to the grid and, you know, prices are really high, go ahead and take 20% of my battery, you know, at a very high price. And, you know, you could probably get free electricity in some markets by doing something like that. So this is kind of one of those things where I'm not, I'm not certain why Tesla hasn't done the bi-directional at this point. And I know, you know, a lot of people say, well, they won't sell any power walls, but I kind of feel like the upside is going to be so great when they have them, you know, the, they're their own energy company. And I guess at this point they can turn off charging, um, which you know would save a lot of electricity. But mm -hmm. I still think like the power of the battery would be really nice to have. Yeah, that's uh, load control versus uh, vehicle to, to grid. Right. Yeah, um, no, I understand what you're saying. I think one of the big hurdles right now is, uh, I mean, for a long time also, obviously Tesla was like, ah, we're somewhat worried about the longevity of the battery pack in the vehicle. People are worried about that versus using that for your home. But I, I think one of the bigger hurdles is uh, the the actual device between the vehicle and the grid. Uh, that's some that's something that uh, has been figured out yet. You know, Volbox have had uh, the Quasar for a while now, but we haven't seen heavy deployment of that. And apparently, it's quite expensive too. So mm -hmm. uh, there's I think I think there might be there might need to be a breakthrough on that on that front to to lower the the friction and the, the cost of installation of such a device so that you can take full advantage of a vehicle's battery pack. I don't think we're quite there yet. Yeah, and you know, I, I agree with the people who say that, like, well, you don't really want to waste all of your car's battery, you know, balancing the grid. Like, mm -hmm. the car's battery is way too valuable. Use use a power wall. But I think I think Tesla and other companies, like, there, there should not be an electric vehicle on the market right now without vehicle-to-grid 
just for backup the house, just for, you know, going out to a campsite or, you know, lighting up tools or whatever. It's a super easy thing to do. You know, it's like a buying an inverter, putting it on the, the battery and putting a plug on it. That's really mm -hmm. all they have to do. And, uh, you know, the, really the only people doing it right now are Ford with the F-150 and the Pro Power. And, um, you know, the EGMP platform has like a two kilowatt out, which isn't a lot of power, but it's something. Mm -hmm. But I, I just don't understand why every EV doesn't have something where you can just shoot a lot of power out and put it into a house or a campsite or work site or whatever. It's just such an easy thing to do and nobody's done it. And when you add the vehicle to grid component to it, you know, not you don't want to do it every day or even every, you know, week, but like in those super peaks when you can put money back in and get, you know, ten times what electricity costs, that might that might be worth it. No, I understand. I, I think with the Cybertruck, Tesla is going to start doing it with the Cybertruck. And then going forward, we're likely going to see it in the other vehicle programs. But, you know, Tesla's vehicle programs right now are, are quite old, really. Uh, yeah. I, the, I mean, Model 3, Model Y, it's not brand new anymore. And uh, Model S and X, I mean, there was a refresh last year, but even Model S and X are extreme luxury vehicles. So it's not, you don't. You don't see it do that as much like a work vehicle like a, a pickup truck which is why like f-150 lightning is leading on that on that front that's um, makes sense to start uh, going with that first all right uh then the holiday update happened tesla released their big holiday update for those not familiar tesla every around the new year uh mid-december late december the, uh, the the release this what we call the holiday update where they bundle up a lot of the features especially more fun feature rather than functional Though every now and again it, it does it does match with like a bigger like step change in Tesla software where some uh, user interface updates come with it, but at uh, this time there, there is some some user interface improvement, but it's not the ma nothing major. Actually, it's not it's not major all the update to be honest. There's a few fun things, but uh, it's, it's it's nothing huge. So some of the biggest one here you have uh, Apple Music, probably the biggest feature being added. So there's an Apple Music integration. See if you have an Apple Music account, uh, this is going to be useful for you if you prefer that over Spotify and Tidal, which is the, the two main streaming apps right now inside the Tesla vehicles. Now you have um, native Apple Music integration inside Tesla vehicles. So that's good for that. Mahjong for uh, the uh, people that like this game. Um, the older Mahjong ladies. Yeah. Um, there is... Um, and a new version of like an integration between dog mode and remote live view remote live view if you have if you turn on sentry mode on your car you can from the mobile app you can view uh, inside your you can view the cameras around your vehicle now they add inside the vehicle and the reason they do that because i mean there was not much reason to look inside your vehicle but they combine it with dog mode so if your dog is inside your car you can check on, on your dog uh, through the remote live view because of the uh, cabin-facing camera that uh, hasn't gotten a lot of use until uh, more recently. Again, sticking with a more like fun feature versus uh, functional, this uh, updated its light show, which is a uh, you know they they match the mu music to uh, headlights like light show and sometimes the doors too, especially with the Model X and things like that. Uh, you know, even though, like the Model Y and everything, they have like the back also open and things of sort. And now they added that feature, they added the scheduling feature, so you can schedule it up to 10 minutes in advance. And the main reason they seems to give that is that if you want to put several cars together and do it, like bend them together and do something with, like that, you can time it exactly so they all start with the same time. 
not, not a big deal in my opinion, but uh, uh, some uh, climate control improvement uh, to uh, automatically switch between, uh, easy, make it easier to switch between low, uh, medium, and high volume fan uh, control. MyQ connected garage, so that's uh, they still have the home link. Now they also have MyQ, so if you have a, a garage door open in there that's uh, based on the MyQ Wi-Fi system, then you, you can now sign up to your car to control it directly from the vehicle rather than having a little buzzer or your, your app. I thought that was kind of pricey. It's like over $50, $50 a year. Yeah, I don't know how it compares to HomeLink. Yeah. So I would have to check that. I'm not familiar with that. I don't, I don't use it myself, really. Yeah, we have the MyQ, and you know, obviously you can use it from your phone. So I don't know if I'm going to spend 60 bucks a month on having it yeah. built into the car, but... I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and you probably can put like, uh, and uh, was it uh, if if this and then that yeah. uh, type of the, yeah automatically when you get your Wi-Fi or whatever, and it it's, uh, opens the door once you arrive. Um, auto turn signal. So now Tesla removes the turn signal after the lane change of four core merge. That, that's nice. Uh, now it uh, it's gonna ask you to confirm that when you when you are on the phone call and you approach your car, you know, and sometimes it automatically switch to your car audio. Now you have, uh, it's going to prompt you to ask you, do you want to switch it to car audio? Well, that's nice because often it's annoying when the, you don't realize it in switch. Um, some some media improvement for uh, user interface. Emission test mode via the mobile app. Uh, emission test mode is the, the fart mode. It makes your car fart. I mean, it sounds dumb, but I, I, at this point, I've already saw like a few people like just crack the hell up with uh, with with the fart mode sound like, like good for Tesla if you can make people laugh then uh, yeah it was a feature. big yeah. big uh, fan favorite <laughs> yeah for a long time yeah and Rainbow Road so this was like a, an Easter egg before but uh, now it's uh, you you can put it that every time you're on autopilot you see the Rainbow Road as your like user interface for people that want that. Now, also part of the holiday update, but separately because it's not for everyone, because uh, most of those features apply to everyone, but uh, Steam, uh, Steam Beta has launched on Tesla vehicles, but it's only on Model S and X. Not only that, I was a bit surprised by that, but actually only the very most recent Model S and X, apparently it's not like all the refresh vehicles have been produced over the last two years, even though Tesla has been like marketing it with having the latest computer in it, apparently it doesn't. So they're gonna need a ritual fit a lot of computers. <laughs> so that's uh, no big surprise coming from Tesla, uh, but it's not related to autopilot. This is the entertainment computer that was like competitive with the PS5 and the Xbox. I'm so confused with Xbox. It's like the X or One X. Or I don't know what they call it anymore. The latest, uh, the, the latest generation. Uh, so now you have Steam. I mean, it's impressive that you can play Cyberpunk. You can play like a bunch of like high level, like high graphic video games straight from your um, your mobile S or X, and you can just use a controller. We can even can use a mouse and keyboard if you want. If you're a mouse and keyboard player, uh, you just might have to find yourself like some kind of weird and comfortable setup here because I don't know if there's much room for a mouse pad or. Um, but I already saw a few people like making themselves like you know a little table and everything. It's pretty. People are resourceful when they when they want a game. Um, but at this point, I feel like if you, if you're a keyboard and mouse gamer, you might as well just bring a laptop in your car. <laughs> right. You know, 
so all these things are really cool. Like I love that Tesla's doing this stuff. But uh, somebody, I was telling somebody about this, and he was like, you know, most of the stuff you can just do on a three hundred dollar iPad, right? You can just mm. buy that for your, you know, your stupid little Chevy Bolt, and you can have like most of the Netflix and all the stuff that Tesla does. But Steam is like the first thing that isn't really on. Well, you have the Steam iPad. Deck that you can buy, which is a thousand dollars, and uh, and it's a lot more portative than portable than that, right. <laughs> and. Uh, like you can literally have a Model Three and a Steam Deck and save a lot of money over a Model right. S. Obviously, there's other things involved, so I'm not, I'm not aiding on anyone buying a Model S because of these cool features. But there's definitely alternatives that are much cheaper. Um, all right, now in the less fun Tesla stuff. Well, so this was an interesting case here. Someone uh, is basically showing a path to get the upgrade upgraded um self-driving computer with the subscription without paying for the thousand dollars upgrade that we've previously reported is is kind of a kind of a shady for Tesla to to ask for that because of the fact that they said that all the vehicles since 2016 are equipped with all the hardware to go self-driving. But that was reported last year when Tesla launched their subscription program for FSD asking $200 a month to get the FSD features. If you don't have the self-driving computer installed in your car there, so if you have like a 2016 to 2018-19 vehicle and you've never purchased FSD before, so you didn't have the included retrofit, then Tesla is asking for you $1,000. used to be $1,500, and they bring it down to $1,000. Uh, and now one of these owners, Mr. Uh, Ian, Ian Jordan, I think, yeah, Mr. Jordan. He uh, he didn't like that, <laughs> like a lot of people did, and uh, he actually took Tesla to small claims court. And to be fair, to he he reached out to Tesla's uh, resolution department first and tried to work it out with them. But after no response for a while, he took it to small claims court, and he, he had two separate claims, so it was a little bit more worried worth it for him. He also had an issue with, uh, and this one is also a, a fair one too, uh, if I might say so where um, he had a vehicle with an MCU-1 computer under warranty. And, uh, you, you know, a lot of people with MCU-1 has lost features over time with the software update. And um, Tesla just say, like Tesla is acting like this is a software bug with no actual timeline to fix it. <laughs> Basically, they don't plan on fixing it. It's just, it, it's just their optimization of the computer. But they remove features for people that have MCU-1. And their suggested fix is just buy an MCU2 for like $1,200, something like that. Um, so this, since it was under warranty, it took them to like, no, you took away my features and under, uh, and you, you, like, it's a weird situation because we know it's not an actual bug. It's Tesla is just like playing with the words here. Uh, so, but if they, since they claim it's a bug, but well, fix it under warranty and then they're not fixing it. So like, it's a breach of warranty. And it, it took that to small claim cards, and it was an easy win, especially Tesla didn't even defend itself. And But the second claim was a more interesting one, in my opinion, uh, because it's the one that's a little bit more touchy, where it's a self-driving computer, and he's like, I want to use it with my subscription, a $200 a month subscription, but you're asking me to pay $1,000, which he did pay 
And he was like, you shouldn't because it, it would be false advertising because you told me that my, my car was equipped with all the hardware to achieve that. And now it doesn't. And now you're asking me $1,000 for it. It doesn't sit right by me. And the judge agreed. He called it uh, false advertising. He said, uh, furthermore, Plensif purchased a second Tesla Model 3 relying on advertisement from the company that all Tesla 3, all Tesla 3 Model, you know, it's probably like just didn't know how they didn't know there was mold three uh, come with all the necessary hardware for self-driving different defendant learned that in fact installing the self-driving uh, function would cost one thousand one hundred and six dollars in further upgrade uh, hardware upgrades in violation of tesla's false advertising so judge literally called it false advertising and uh to tesla's credit they uh they paid him real actually pretty quickly apparently within two weeks uh, jordan said so he showed a clear path that uh, if you want to make that happen, you can you can make it happen through the small claims court. Obviously, it's not the ideal situation. And uh, he said it went pretty smoothly for him. But my understanding is like uh, small claims court, it can be your experience can vary greatly depending on your jurisdiction. So uh, if you think it's worth it, go for it. If not, uh, I wouldn't bother. Obviously, it would be ideal if Tesla would just not do that, not charge people for some something they said they wouldn't. And funny enough, he actually used our article on this as evidence in court, the article that we released uh, after Tesla announced this, this charge that would come with the subscription. And the infamous article. He, well, infamous, I mean, we don't know it for a fact, but we were blocked by, I was blocked personally, even though I didn't even write the article. <laughs> but a lot of people assume that everything that comes out of Electric is basically me. And I, I mean, I'm the editorial lead on Electric, so to a degree I have... Uh, uh, I'm kind of responsible, but it blocked my personal account and Electric's account. I'm talking about Elon, obviously. After this article came out, and even though we cannot prove for a fact that that's why we were blocked, there was literally like nothing else negative about Tesla that we posted around that time, nor did we even have any interaction with Elon Musk or any, any negative interaction for Elon Musk. Like I, I DM'd with him like a few uh, a few weeks before that, and it was positive or something like that. So it's not very strange. We assume that it's because of that, and um, and now it's being used in court to uh, to get Tesla to pay thousand dollars back to customers. Uh, all right, still on the self-driving stuff, and I mean this is this is kind of a fun little challenge that I sent to Elon Musk. Not that I think that he he will really take me up on it, but uh, I, I think it's worth doing because. We, we, we're doing that for self-driving people that bought the self-driving package because I think they're owed some data at this point, especially now uh, at the end of 2022, uh, where we're supposed to have a million robotaxi on the road by now. And instead, what we have, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of unclear. Like the, the, the current situation with the FSD program right now is very unclear because Tesla has missed timelines and also more recently moved the goalposts, really. You know, it was a million taxi, robo taxi by the end of the year. And the robo taxi meaning was Tesla vehicles being turned into robo taxi uh, to a million people on FSD beta to now anyone who purchased FSD beta in North America can get it, which is probably a whole hundreds of thousands fewer than a million. So the goalpost has moved a lot and it's still so far, so far from actual self-driving capacity that have been promised since 2016. And 
we want a clear path to sh not i mean a clear one is maybe too much but just a path <laughs> give us a path to achieving that promise so why i posted that is like let me see like what is the clearest that the best data that we have right now that shows improvement in tesla's fsd beta and it's terrible with the data that we have right now. It's just it's awful data set. Uh, Taylor Hogan, I know people see him as a Tesla aider and everything like that. And you, you can see him whatever way you want. Look at the data. Just focus on the data itself. Like you, you, you can attack the messenger, but like how about you attack the, the message first? Like I have an argument against it here. And all he did is uh, he, he did. Uh, he plotted the data that the only data set that we have, which again is an awful data set. Uh, it's um, I put it here: seventy-two thousand miles of FSD beta self-reported by Tesla uh, FSD beta user over the last uh, year or so. And he tried to plot the disengagement, the miles per disengagement, which is one of the only few data that we can compare. And again. Putting it in perspective, I'm not necessarily like I think it's worth comparing just so you know the difference between Waymo, Cruise, and, and Tesla at this level. But I understand it's not a good comparison just because of the nature of um, the full self-driving beta versus Waymo, where full self-driving beta doesn't have like highway driving, for example, doesn't have all that stuff that's autopilot, so it's not exactly the same. And then you have uh, the fact that Waymo and Cruise are geofans, which is Tesla going in all different kind of environment. So obviously, I would expect Tesla to be lower. But we're talking about lower Tesla being right now at just over four miles for this engagement, which uh, also represent my own experience with FSD beta, to be honest. Uh, but again, that, that's based on 72,000 miles versus over 60 million miles that Tesla has over. So, so the actual real data set, the full data set might paint a different picture, but that's why we released that. Well, why we made an article about that was like, release the data. If, if this is not representative of the FSD program right now, show us, like there's nothing to lose. Uh, unless it is exactly as representative of the full set, and then that's why maybe it's even better. It. Yeah, <laughs> maybe the set is actually worse. It's not impossible at this point because Tesla has no excuse right now for not releasing this. I, some people, some like ardent Tesla super fans, are like, "This is not going to release this proprietary information. This is trade secrets." So like, uh, everybody else is releasing that information, and. I can understand the fear of, oh, it's going to be misrepresented compared to Waymo and all that. And I'm like, I, at one point, you just have to trust people. Like, some people are going to report on this correctly. Like, us, hopefully, <laughs> I would think we would put it in perspective. Uh, if we had the more granular data, too, that would be nice. Now we have very, like, small data set, very superficial data, self-reported data. If we had it straight from Tesla, it would be, obviously it would be better, though obviously a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't actually believe it too, I would, I would guess. Like, uh, Tesla and Elon particularly has been losing credibility with a lot of people at an extremely fast pace recently. We'll get into that later. <laughs> I've been pretty good right now. 27 minutes in, we haven't touched it too much, the Twitter stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, post it. Post the data. Show us a clear path to Tesla improving. So yeah, that's what I was going to basically. I, I'm not even like asking like, oh, let's compare it to Waymo and everything like that, which by the way does tens of thousands of miles between this engagement. Uh, I'm, I'm one I want more is like 
he's been claiming that FSD beta has been improving like super fast. That's not what we've been seeing. On the contrary, like the, it's up and down, up and down, and basically the same as it was last year right now. Again, and with a anecdotally, anecdotally, you and I both have it. We yeah. know that you know there are some improvements in some areas, but I feel like there's also some regressions in some areas. Oh, yeah. Or I haven't you know, since May, and I don't see a significant improvement since May. Yeah, and so I feel like so here's here's uh, some some information. Um, I was actually at a Ford event, and we'll talk about this later uh, this week. And I ran into Sandy Monroe, and uh, he was talking to a bunch of journalists, and he said that full self driving is like driving with a six year old, which I was like, what? Like you you said like a lot of nice things about it, um, and then so I was like. Um, you know, is that on the record? Can I talk mm -hmm. about that? You know, in a story and his, uh, you know, like assistant guy or, or you know, show dude uh, was was like, well, to clarify, um, full self-driving when Elon and Sandy were talking about it was actually a lot better. It was more aggressive. It was more, uh, you know, it was it was just like uh, more aggressive, I guess. And they've actually scaled it back, according to him. Uh, because more people are getting it. And I mean, this could have been just him trying to walk back something uh, that Sandy said, but um, I thought it was pretty surprising. And, you know, Sandy said it in a, in a car full mm -hmm. of journalists. So, um, you know, it, it's easy to back up. But, you know, he called it, like Sandy Monroe, one of Tesla's biggest cheerleaders, said that full self-driving is like driving with a six-year-old. Um, and I don't know many six-year-olds that i would want to drive with um so i, I mean driving with you mean the six-year-old is driving just to be clear <laughs> that's, that's yeah that. oh yeah it's not like a six-year-old whining in the back of the car yeah because <laughs> that can be annoying too. <laughs> that's annoying yeah that'll slow you down a little bit no i mean that so so the, that's my that's point why, was that that's why anecdotal evidence is not good that's what you, you mean saying because right. we, we you hear a lot I, I posted this story okay and how many times i've heard uh, people say don't listen to this story just watch Omar's blog which uh, I hate this name Omar just watch Omar's video okay and, I, right. and I'm like oh, yes like anecdotal evidence from one guy in California too uh, it's not that's not good that like literally this yeah and he's not posting the six times he tried it before and it didn't work yeah. he's only posting the one that you know for some reason worked yeah, well, I mean, obviously, no credibility whatsoever, that guy. But still, this this pile of <laughs> the, uh, nice. data set that we have here is better than any anecdotal evidence that you're going to get from any uh, FSD beta tester. But it's still a pile of <laughs> So Tesla should release the actual data set, and, uh, and, and we can have a clear look at possible improvement but that might be why this is not releasing it on project that's they might not be any improvements sadly all right um tesla uh, wall connector i mean this thing is getting cheaper by a second uh, earlier this year we, we reported when it got down to 400 now it's 350 dollars on tesla's website 350 dollars uh let me check by the way because uh, i'm not sure if it's like temporary or something because best buy also had it uh like reduce the price yeah but no, they said it was yeah be five days yeah. or something yeah no it's not 
I hate those retailers that do that. Like that, because I'm on the site right now. Now it's this 350 and without any like time limit oh, right. on it. So well, there's a screen grab of Best Buy below. So yeah, yeah. It says like not six hours. It was like six hours, but it's it's still on the price. And now this is gone. So there's um. It's like the new price then, I guess. Yeah, it's the new pricing. It's just sometimes they do that like to create some urgency, but it's not even true. It's I don't even know like how this is legal. But anyway, the price is down to three fifty now, which is like as cheap as it gets if you want a forty eight amp uh, charger with Wi Fi connectivity and all that. It doesn't yeah, get cheaper than that. It's by far the best price on any. Yeah. I mean, you can go on Amazon right now and look at the juice box, the wall box, and all that, and it's all at like twice the price at least for the same or even less capacity than the Tesla connector. Obviously, it's a Tesla connector. It's not a J1772. And if you want, Tesla also has the same with the J1772. It's 550, which is also cheap for that. But I think Tesla is trying to prove a point here. Obviously, since opening the their connector as the standard, now it's called the North American charging connector and uh, they say like yeah it can be a lot cheaper and we talked about that before but most likely part of the difference here significant difference must be a licensing fee for the, the specific connector ccs uh, j1772 connector so how much are those like j adapters that uh you can put on tesla destination chargers I mean, they're not cheap they're not cheap either they are are they, uh, are they less than 200 bucks mm, good question i can check but uh they, they might be but not uh, so it's a Tesla, uh, a J, Tesla to J seventeen seventy two or seventeen seventy two Tesla. Uh, well, Electron has one. Oh, Electron, know. yeah. So, so, oh, no, uh, why is it not working? Okay, Tesla's on one. Let's let's look at Tesla's on one here. It's fifty bucks. It's uh, not too bad. But that's that's going the other way. Like if you yeah. want to go from Tesla adapter to, so it's one fifty nine. Uh, at, yeah. At, Amazon for the Electron version. Okay. So you could actually buy a Tesla charger and an elect Electron adapter for cheaper than a Tesla uh, J one seven whatever one seven seven two adapter or uh, charger connector. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I wonder why. I wonder why Tesla's not selling on Amazon. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. That's yeah. the reason. Yeah. Uh, it's the only reason because Best Buy is was, not really the, the go-to place. We talked about that last week when they launched. That was a rhetorical week. question. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you played it right. Uh, I didn't detect the sarcasm. Um, Ford F one fifty. Sorry about that. Ford F one fifty Lightning got another price increase, but just for the base model, uh, which makes sense because we didn't see them making money on that on that model. But that model now is up 40% in price since its launch. Because if you remember, they launched it at $40,000. But we had our doubts about that when it launched in the first place. We thought it was more like about like competing with Tesla's Cybertruck, which also started at $40,000. But it was delayed and all that. So over time, with inflation, you know, they, they gradually increased the price. And now they did another $4,000 price increase this week. So it starts at $56,000. They didn't change the pricing on all the other version. If you want the extended range version, so if you want the longer range version, you still have to still start at $81,000 with the uh, uh, XLT version because on the Pro, the base version, you cannot get the bigger battery pack. But yeah, uh, $56,000 now for the base version, starting to a little bit more in the, like make sense in terms of trying to make money off of it. 
but it is unfortunately a lot more expensive than the originally announced. I mean, if you've got one at 40,000, you got a hell of a deal and an appreciating asset. Yeah. But at 56,000, still not a bad deal. Yeah. So a lot more bare version. They call it the pro because it's basically just for like commercial purposes. It's not like a nice consumer vehicle. The F-159 didn't get uh, XLT, especially the Lariat version and going up. It's a plushy, uh, plushy car that you get. Um, yeah, and uh, F-150 is ramping up production. They are adding a third shift of the uh, the Detroit SMD plan where they're producing the F-150 Lightning to increase production. And we know they want to achieve uh, the... They only produce uh, just over 13,000 vehicles this year, which is not as many as we we thought they would. But uh, they are ramping up right now with this uh, this new shift. And um, they aim to have an annual production rate by the end of next year, 150,000 vehicles. So they're not going to produce 150,000 vehicles this year. And that makes sense because going from like, let's say that they produce, probably produce fewer than 20,000 units this year, this year uh, we're going to see by the end of the month. But uh, maybe even fewer than like eighteen thousand units next year with the new shift, and they want to end that year at over one hundred and fifty of capacity. But they're also they're also expanding the capacity of the floor to seventy eight thousand square feet, which is huge. Yeah. But you know what's weird is like they announced this, but they they the one hundred fifty thousand next year run rate was already announced. So I don't know if they they decided like oh I don't think we can make that many uh pickups in this amount of space or what but you know we already knew the number we just didn't know like how they were going to get there so now mm -hmm. we know how they're going to get there i guess well, yeah next year is going to be the year of the electric pickup with that uh big ramp up here from ford of course the silverado coming the cyber truck coming cyber truck is the really the, the wild card because you know you have to give credit with credit to do because tesla has been able to ramp up impressively their, their vehicle program uh speaking yeah. the model y uh has reached 3,000 units a week now at gigafactory texas so that's uh, starting to be a uh, significant volume production here and uh of course we reported a few weeks ago that tesla is aiming to uh, output 75,000 model y's out of gigafactory texas in q1 2023 uh, it wasn't that clear how they're going to achieve that based on the production rate that we knew back then but now ramping up to 3,000 this week it's starting to make more sense that it could be achievable it would be just over 5,000 units a week average over uh, q1 so if tesla hits 5,000 like mid q1 then you have it here uh, and it, it and it's possible to see it so that would be like two within the next two months in uh, going from 3,000 to 5,000 it's a significant ramp up still but it's uh achievable uh, a lot more achievable now that we that we see now all right are we ready to get into it <laughs> Almost 40 minutes before we got into this. So if you don't want to hear about Elon Musk, Twitter, and obviously we're going to put it in the context of um, how it's affecting Tesla, because it is affecting Tesla. And we're going to get into it about that because there was a lot of things this week that directly linked to the Twitter story. So we're going to do that. But yeah, it was... Uh... <laughs> it was a crazy week for Elon and, and Twitter stuff. And obviously now the story is still developing as we speak because a lot of uh, journalists have been, are, are giving a little Twitter timeout. Uh, I think that's what Elon is, is, is saying. But obviously it's uh, a very murky situation where people are 
are seeing Elon, they're, they're losing trust in Elon, really. And I know a lot of people already didn't have trust of Elon way before he acquired Twitter. They saw him as this kind of autocrat character, this billionaire, and they didn't see much value as, as we did. And we, like, like we did, we saw a lot of value in Elon for all the, the brash uh, talking and the uh, faux pas and all that. I think electric, we always saw more of like his contribution to electric vehicles and, and space and all that. That that always been my the lens through which I, I viewed Elon Musk. But in the last few weeks, that has been eroded pretty fast, unfortunately. And it's it's sad. It's sad to see like one of your heroes right now just kind of losing it quite a bit. And I, I know Seth, you're you're in a similar position, though. You, I think you you you've. Uh, <laughs> the, the the pink colored glasses have been off for a while in yeah, your case I've kind of moved on a little bit it yeah. is it is like you said it's it is sad uh when your heroes and you know like he's an engineer like mm -hmm. well i guess i don't know you know if he's an engineer but you know he's like a doer a maker uh you know building things so it was like really exciting to see like this guy getting a lot of attention you know, it's somebody you can look up to. And then, you know, around COVID, I guess, is when things kind of, the wheels fell off a little bit. Was that it, you think? or I mean, for sure, that's when he started going more political and obviously more to, to, to the right to, to, or, or close, to cozying up with um, the Republican Party. There's just no way around it, which I have no issue with in general for like personally for a, a person to do. But it is undeniably a ridiculous idea for someone in this position that because I'm not even looking at it as left and right. Like if, if people want to know, by the way, I'm, I'm as a centrist as it gets and uh, I'm not even American. So I'll have like, I love America, though, and I love going there and I lived there before and I, I loved it. But I, I don't have uh, what's the term like a, um, the dog and play or something like that. What's the uh, there's, there's an expression like in a. Oh, you don't have a, a dog in the race or whatever? In dog in the race. So yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't have a dog in the race. I'm as centrist as it gets. So it's not even, I'm not like people, because that's the go-to people. Oh, no, you the libtard that this is mad that Elon is going to the right. It's not even that. I'm mad that he is, he is badly affecting Tesla's neutrality because he's so attached to Tesla that now people they, they cannot people cannot detach him for Tesla and this is affecting the brand and that's where it, that this week it has become as obvious as it gets so we started out the week reporting on a bunch of surveys that came out and so let's not use any kind of anecdotal data because that's what people have been using for the last few weeks and I, I mean it has been trending pretty obviously towards Tesla starting to being badly affected obviously the stock price is the biggest example and I know a lot of people are like yeah but the market is going down. The Tesla and the market are not tracking, uh, or not correlated right now at all. And uh, I mean, Tesla today is trading at like maybe three or four times next year's revenue. <laughs> it's it's that crazy. Like to talk about Tesla like that, three or four times next year's revenue is wild. Um, and yeah, so, so a bunch of surveys came out this week saying that uh, uh, the people's opinion of Tesla in general has gone down, and then. Obviously, if you go more granular and you go with self-described Democrat versus self-described Republican, just 
put it in context, both sides have a negative view of, of Tesla right now. So it's not like, so that that, that breaks work, your, your theory that from a while back when you were like, Elon was actually exhausted his, his Democrat uh, clientele and now is going after the uh, the, the right wingers. Um, they both have a, a unfavorable view of Tesla, but um, it's has been going down with Democrats and a little bit up with Republicans. But overall, it's down, and the overall view of Tesla is down. So, and the timeline match obviously Elon's antics on Twitter right now. Obviously, the stocks has hit a two-year low right now. We we'll just talk about it. And Elon just sold more shares again yesterday, three point six billion dollars Tesla share, which. We cannot say for a fact, but we assume it's because uh, it, the amount actually match uh, some of the riskier Twitter debt that uh, tw Twitter has right now. So we assume that he's selling that to cover uh, the, this this uh, high interest rate debt that uh, Twitter has. So it's again tr directly transferring money from uh, Tesla to, to Twitter, and it hurt the stock again this week. So let, let's talk about it a little bit. Like what is actually so the, the the transfer of money is obvious. This is like Elon transferring money from Tesla stock to Twitter. It's it's hurting Tesla stock. But now the bigger issue, it looks like it's the demand. The Tesla's demand is being affected by it. Like where you see a lot of people, it's just they, they don't want anything to do with Tesla because they attach it for, to Elon too much. And obviously, last week uh, last weekend was the the big. Uh, uh, the big tweet that uh, upset a lot of people was the uh, uh, my pronouns are, are prosecute Fauci. So obviously that's yeah. <laughs> so I and my, my thing on that is like I think Elon used he, he's not it's so he's in a weird situation where he used Twitter like a comedian would use Twitter. And, you know, a comedian says that, and I, I know some people will try to cancel them anyway. There's there's a part of the population that just, like, don't tolerate these kind of jokes, which, I mean, you you can have your own opinions on, on that. But if you're a comedian, like, the intention was trying to make fun. It, it didn't land. It was not a good joke, to be honest. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone, like, chuckles at that. Maybe, like, a few, like, ex it's not even a chuckle. It's a... Uh, a lot of people linked it to like the, the QAnon people, like the QAnon are loving this, but that's not even a chuckle. Like they think that Elon is 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 like sending in messages. Like this is, it's, it's not about uh, comedy. It's about like mental illness to a degree, right? So, but you can be forgiven for that if your intention is just trying to have uh, to to make people laugh, but. People are not going to Elon's Twitter for that. <laughs> they, that's not they're they're looking for direction right now. The the he's, uh, I just talked to um, uh, Leo Koguan, um, Tesla's third biggest investor in in Tesla right now, and we've been texting today. And um, he, he had a very interesting point for him. So I asked him like because he's been going back and forth about calling for Elon to be replaced as CEO of Tesla. And I asked him, "Can you give me like, are you are you still undecided? Because I keep seeing going back and forth on Twitter. And you should follow him on Twitter if you're not following him. He's he's very entertaining. Uh, now he said Elon has moved permanently, I think, from Elon the engineer par excellence to Elon the supreme political kingmaker. And I have to agree a little bit on that. Like, it, it, you know, his it, Twitter used to be 
just like promoting climate initiative. It's about Tesla engineering stuff. It's about SpaceX entering stuff. Now it's about political stuff. And I understand some of it is coming from like, let's make fun of people kind of point. I have no problem with that at its core. But obviously, it slants a certain way right now that is upsetting a lot of people. And the it's not funny enough to be worth it. That's the thing. It's not funny yeah. enough to be worth it, I think. And um, now there's there's that. Okay, that, that's just, you, again, you can put it as like, uh, it's a joke that didn't land and, and upset some people. And I'm sorry. For, for, well, it's not me to be sorry. It's him that should be sorry. But then there's the other thing where, now he's uh this week a lot of people say he's silencing journalists that are reporting on him where he's banned a bunch of journalists and i kind of have a little bit the different take on that from from some people here because i think what, what happened obviously that started all of it is apparently we, we don't have all the facts on this but if you listen to elon and i don't think anyone has proven otherwise is that someone knew that he was lending uh, his private plane was lending somewhere through the plane tracker that was on Twitter and other platform run by uh, the, the, the guy behind Elon Jet and uh, some someone that's been described as a crazy stalker by Elon uh, tried to stop the car and jump on the vehicle and it was his, uh, ch- his child X uh, call, that was in the car so and then all hell broke loose on Twitter after that meaning that he banned Elon Jet and then a few hours later he banned other billionaire tracking, jet tracking people a few hours, and then change the um, doxing rules on Twitter. So there's a problem um, there. Like you, yeah. the order of operations. Like if you're gonna start banning people, you gotta you gotta set up the rules first, and then start blocking people. Obviously, we can understand where he's coming from to a degree because, like, if his, his child was at risk, like security risk, safety risk of your own child, then you can understand where someone would just go nuts and, like, you start calling your Twitter people and you're like, ban that guy. I don't want a guy. Like, you start calling your lawyer and everything. Elon did tweet that he was going to take legal action against uh, Sweeney, I think is the name of the guy behind Yeah, uh, Jack Sweeney. Yeah, um, but I don't. I don't even know if I trust Elon anymore. Like he, like he might have just gotten pissed off at this guy. This guy has the nerve to follow my jet, and mm-hmm. then ban him. And then he, you know, later on, his like people are like, "All right, we got to come up for you know with a policy reason for doing something like this." Yeah, that, like I, so the, the cover up is the problem here. The cover up, and like you said, the order of action is definitely the problem because even though. You, Anyone can understand the feeling of, uh, but I mean, but I mean, you can you can understand the logic behind someone going nuts and and, and taking action that they shouldn't take uh, after the feeling of your child safety being at risk. You're like you're gonna make some mistake, maybe that can be excused. But then what? It, what at the same time, what it shows if you like distill the, the whole process down to uh, its core, it is someone. Having it's their personal feelings affecting the action of Twitter, which is supposed to be this free speech platform, according to Elon. And then those feelings resulting in uh, a bunch of journalists being banned. And uh, so at first, it looked like every journalist being suspended, I should say. Now he says it's only a seven day. But that's the other thing, too. Everything looks like he's just. He's just making, it, making up it up as he goes. As he goes. 
And I, I think that's part of what is affecting the credibility beyond Twitter and affecting Tesla right now, where I think a lot of people are like, is this, is this just like how he's been all the time? It's, yeah. just, it's just been nicking up as it goes all the time. And it just has mostly worked out at Tesla so far and yeah. mostly worked out at SpaceX so far. And now it's not working out at all at Twitter and or, or through Twitter, I guess. And now people are like, it's like it's affecting his entire credibility at this point. Yeah. Um, and with respect to Twitter, or with respect to Tesla, it's even more so because Elon made the decision to kill the PR department kill like press releases and blog posts and and make tesla route every bit of information in and out of the company through his twitter account so yeah. you know and i believe that you know he was doing that to get more followers and more you know you know very selfish very like you know i, I don't it's just mm -hmm. not a not a good look anyway he did that but now the company is inextricably tied to him and now that he looks like a jackass um or more of a jackass uh everybody's like well you know tesla is basically elon even if you know elon could probably not show up at tesla for a month which he probably hasn't and the company seems to be running just fine mm -hmm. but publicity wise elon has you know kind of kidnapped tesla's you know any kind of public relations mm -hmm. and tied it to his personal uh twitter and so everybody thinks like this this nut job is running uh tesla and like i don't want to put my money in that stock so you know it's it's just kind of a bad situation like i'm actually for the first time thinking about buying tesla which is like you know at, the, as at a, this level yeah like i said two, three to four times uh depending exactly where it lands in next year it's three or four times next year's revenue it's pretty pretty low but yeah, no, I, you're, you're, you have a very good point. And, and what you just described basically is in Tesla's own going concern in this SEC filings where a lot of their marketing power is attached to Elon Musk. And if for some reason Elon is not like feeling his duties as that he put on himself to, to, to embody Tesla's marketing department, then uh, then we are in trouble. And Tesla writes that like black and on, on white in um, in their ACC filings. And this is what's happening right now. We are seeing it happening live. And uh, and it's it's uh, so try to make it positive, though. I'm not promising that I can. It's like, how do we turn things around right now? Because Tesla is still the biggest force in electrification. And if if things continue training that way, uh, it, it's going to affect electrification in a bad way overall. So I'm, I've been trying to rack my brain on like, how can we make a difference? And obviously, I, I have z very little influence on this situation. Uh, but I mean, as, as a whole, but more specifically, as uh, we've been directly blocked by Elon on Twitter. So I have like no way to contact him um, directly, to talk to him directly. And... Um, and you know what? I, I, I and I'm gonna pat myself a little bit on the back on this. I've been predicting this happening for a while now. Uh, early in 2020, when I wrote this article, like the the super fandom is gonna badly affect Tesla and the electric revolution by corrupting Elon Musk's feedback loop. This big article that I wrote in 2020 that upset a lot of people, but predicted exactly this happening. Exactly this, where the feedback loop of Elon on Twitter, this use of Twitter being corrupted by Tesla super fans is creating a situation right now. 
because he's not listening to the right people. He's just stuck in this echo chamber of praise. And I mean, I don't want to hammer on Omar so much, but he's one of the last few that are standing by Elon right now. A lot of, because that's, that's a funny thing too, because a lot of these people were diehard liberals. And right now you're, if you're an Elon super fan and a diehard liberal, you are in a very weird situation yeah. at this point. And he, so he's put a lot of his super fan in this position. Omar, less so. So well, I think Omar, Omar Omar was probably a liberal, but I think the Tesla or the Elon it was already, it was less Trump. of a liberal, I think, to start with, and that that made the difference. So it was more of a Tesla fan than a liberal always been. But I, I don't even care about that. So my point to that this week about Omar is that. A lot of is a lot of other people that he used to listen to and everything, but now I've moved away from him a little bit with the late, the latest comments and all that. Uh, people that are like Gerber, uh, Ross, Ross Gerber, yeah. uh, Gary Black, huge Tesla yeah. investors that was were always praising him on Twitter. Now less so these days, and now they're also talking about the board should do something about even replacing him. Some are suggesting. Uh, so now Elon has completely blocked out those people. They're, they're not, he's not listening to them anymore. Right. And even though the, he must, like, he used to see their comments on Twitter all the time and respond to them. But now that they are, he doesn't like what he sees, he's not responding to that, even though they are calling for him to change the direction that he's taking right now with Tesla and how it's affecting Tesla. Instead, this week, he decided to respond to Omar because. He's been completely silent on how this is affecting Tesla for weeks right now. And obviously, it peaked this week with the stock going super down and uh, some demand issues are starting to, to flare up. Like we've seen the 10,000 free supercharging miles, the, the $3,750 discount. All of that are, are, are showing demand issue. And instead of responding to... And by the way, they were not like insulting Enon. They were like pleading for him to address the situation. Instead, he decided to respond to Omar saying, unpopular opinion, no. Um, Elon Musk owning Twitter elevates Tesla's brand and reach and marketing. All right, unpopular opinion because it's false. It's just straight up false. We, we've seen all the metrics go down in terms of Tesla's reach and, and popularity. And really, the demand has been doing now. Um, Elon decided to respond to that instead of all the pleas from, from the, is until recently, super fans. He said, I will make sure Tesla shareholder benefit from Twitter long term. And that has been bugging me because he decided to respond to that instead, that I just that basically lowball question. It's not even a question, but it's, it's, it's he used yeah. it as an opportunity to comment on the situation that everyone has been asking him to comment on and use like the most. The, the, the thing that would bring the less bad attention to the, to the situation. And then he responded that it will benefit Tesla long term. And I just racked my brain and like see how, because let's be honest, $500 billion in Tesla's value has lost. Half a trillion dollars. It's yeah, crazy. half a trillion dollars. How is Twitter going to create that back okay well let's say that's not all twitter obviously it's not but let's say 100 billion dollars is how is twitter gonna help tesla create 100 billion dollars in value it, it i cannot think of anything it's just it can't and also all the damage has been done you, you won't get the, a lot of those people you won't get back it's just the, some people hold a grudge and everything so 
And that's unfortunate. Like Elon could right now just turn around and say, yeah, I apologize. Some of my comments, uh, I tried to make jokes. They were back jokes. Uh, some, I, I was too harsh this week in terms of the bans and everything because I was emotional because my child's safety was, was at risk and I became emotional and I took some, some, uh, I made some actions that weren't appropriate as a CEO of, uh, what I, I aim to be a free speech platform. So I will remove all the bans and all that. He could do that right now, and it would have a tremendous impact. Uh, but the fact that he's decided not to do that, instead he does this, saying like, "Oh, I'll, I'll, you'll see," like I'm keep going that way, and it will turn the ship around. It's just hard to see happening because I do think it's feedback. His feedback loop is is corrupted, completely corrupted, and he's stuck in this echo chamber. I haven't tried to reach out to people around Omar. Omar has always refused to talk to me directly. He's, he's, he's a coward. Always insult me online, even though I tried to call him and all that. He refused to talk to me. Uh, but I tried to reach out to people around him and see, like, I literally think that Omar, even though he's part of the reason for this happening, I don't blame everything on him, obviously. He could be part of the solution, though. If even like if his biggest fan, his biggest like supporter on Twitter would just stop just backing him up with everything and would actually Oh, like, I think Elon it would move on to the crazier and crazier people. That's, that's I don't what think he's there are. I don't think there is crazier than Omar. There are. Like, there are. The alt the alt right is just full of nutters. And he you know, he's falling in line with those folks. Yeah, but quickly. the the nutters, nutters, like the crazy nutters, they're also not on board with Tesla. That's the thing though. I, you know, I, think I, think, I think I think uh, Omar is like Tesla. He's Elon, of course, but he's like also Tesla first because he's invested in the company and all that. Right. I, I, th I think that that's an aspect to it. I mean, it was a long shot. I'm gonna admit, like, it was a long shot. But I, I I just I don't have a solution right now. I just see this going worse and worse and worse, and uh, it, it's it's hard to see the other way. Like he's really stuck in in, in this this thing. He's been like sort of of captured uh, really by by this idea. And um, I, I don't see I don't see a way out of it. Yeah, it does seem like we're coming to some sort of like conclusion to this you know situation. I think if Twitter went under, uh, that would be you know maybe a domino to fall. And then you know I I don't know if that Tesla's board would ever replace Elon unless they all got ousted by the shareholders. But um, in the last few days, we've seen like some major like a lot of people have a lot of influence in the retail shareholder oh. community oh yeah and the whole like tesla reddit or you know tsla reddit is like way against elon right now and yes and, and also they're putting pressure on institutional investors to to do right. something because obviously they have more impact than than the retail investors so yeah i mean and obviously a lot of uh, since a lot of his language that he used are problematic for for people like the whole woke mind virus and all that, uh, the a lot of institutional investors are, you, you know, they were very careful of all that stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to act on it. And I, I just, I, I think Elon's like at his core. Like at first, I was like very open to the idea of him like buying Twitter, and making a free speech platform. I'm like, obviously, Twitter in the past has taken partisan. Uh, action that they shouldn't have taken and he's exposed that and like everyone is on board with that but but not not everyone i should say <laughs> obviously the democratic party might not be but uh, uh, reasonable people understand that th there's value in, in doing those things it's just that it's 
it doesn't have the the credibility credibility level right now as like a centrist or like a neutral person to do it. It just doesn't. Well, that, uh, I mean, that's that's the thing from both sides. His credibility is gone, right? Yeah. So you know, him promising full self driving next year used to like mean something sort of, mm -hmm. uh, and now it's like, come on, dude, you're just it's not even funny anymore. Yeah. Like you're just it's kind of sad. Yeah. So you know, at events when he says, "Hey, we're gonna build the Cybertruck next year." You're like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not gonna do it. Like, I don't like I don't believe a thing he says. And and neither do Tesla investors, and neither mm -hmm. do like the old super fans. Um, you know, like the frunk puppy dude, and you know, they all hate him now. So eh, I don't know. Like this, I think this is irreparable damage. Like to him. I, you, you know, the guy has surprised us a lot in the past, yep, though. And that's true. like they, they could be just like a a come to Jesus moment, and he and he decides just to do a miracle pull and everything. I think that would work, honestly. I think if it, if it's really? honest, if it's good, but like right now, he literally said like the mo the fighting the woke mind virus is the number one priority. Is is his number one priority right now? Um, so as long as this is he sticks to that, uh, it's it's gonna be hard for him to do a change because now he's like a warrior on one side when you do that. And um, and I, I think and it's it's because you, you you're taking a side when you use that kind of language too because right. not that I'm I'm not saying that there's real problems on the extreme left, uh, but call it that calling the call it the extreme left because otherwise this 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 whole woke mind virus thing when you when you say that it, it's it's charged for a lot of people and what you're really saying is like there's a, a huge problem in the discourse. And the mindset of the people in the extreme left of things, but there's there's the same thing in the extreme right too. Like, I mean, for me, like the the, the people that are, are are saying like they're anti science, anti biology, and all that in, in the extreme left, they are the same as the QAnon people on the extreme right. Like, there's there's a, a thing that doesn't work in in their the mindset, like they. It's it's religious almost, and it's not it's not based on facts and science and all that. Uh, but there's the problem this, when you focus just on the woke, the like uh, woke mind virus is the number one issue that the universe is facing right now. You're not seeing the real picture, I think. Um, so he's he's not he lost credibility as a centrist that can bring a free speech platform, in my opinion. And in doing so, and making it is uh, is big. Uh, uh, his big battle over the last few months is lost credibility overall, and that's badly affecting Tesla because of, like you said, he is Tesla marketing in in large parts. Um, yeah. So at this point, unless a big turnaround from Elon, I think the only path would be pushing for, and I think that's what we're gonna. Do a little bit more in the next uh, few weeks, I guess, is gonna report on like the possibility of him stepping down as CEO and replacing him as CEO and then and then like bring back then bring back the PR department bring back all that yeah, stuff. Do I think we're going to have to. All right, let's get into the comments uh, real quick. All right, Jed Anderson asks, are you guys worried your Twitter accounts might be shut down or blocked? But well, they're already blocked. Uh yeah. at Electric after uh must ban 12 journalists last night from Washington Post, New York Times. Um, I actually was thinking about this. Um, I think you're almost in a way protected, Fred, and the electric account because he can't see you 
That's he what I was saying too. Yeah, he cannot yeah, see yeah. what I'm saying. So he's and he's looks like he's directly responsible for a lot of these banning and all that. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not too afraid about that. <laughs> right. It can, it, also, yeah. also, I'm not like. I think I'm pr I'm pretty neutral the way I see things. Like it's not. I'm not. I'm not even right. out there and like calling like for him. He's more into politics right now than yeah. You know, technology. And I'm so not into that. Like I, like right. I said, I'm as centrist as it gets. I'm as uh, little um, uh, political like influence as it gets. All right. Hey, here's a tech question. Uh, mm -hmm. Shana Sullivan says you would imagine that it's only a matter of time before stationary storage moves to LFP chemistry, especially in Powerwall, as it likes to sit at 100% state of charge. Yeah, I, th I think that's that's right. Uh, yeah. LFP is kind of built better for, and you know, it's cheaper and it's not as dense, and doesn't catch on fire and all the other stuff. So LFP makes a lot of sense for stationary storage. Yeah, well, you're gonna see you're gonna see a ton of uh, different chemistries taking bigger space than the nickel base nickel base ones. Yeah. Nickel base ones are always gonna be like a big thing too for the more energy dense you can get. So obviously, cars right now trucks maybe eventually planes too that's going to be like all nickel based and all that but yeah you, you, you're going to see a lot of other other solutions being used and for being they're going to be optimized for specific things yeah and some of those like uh, anchor and uh, blue eddy batteries that are out now you know, just get standalone batteries uh, for when the power goes out um or lfp uh, he continues, the Wallbox Quasar is an inverter, which is why it's expensive, whereas Hyundai uses onboard inverter for vehicle to load. Uh, I don't think an onboard inverter is any cheaper than an offboard inverter, yeah. but um, VW also using onboard inverter and no, no directional charger should be cheaper. Um, yes, Volkswagen and the ID4 is supposed to have a software update that allows them to do a vehicle to grid but um they are so bad with their software right now it's just it's kind of horrible horrifying to watch like they can't even get uh plug-in charge working on their own i mean volkswagen owns both sides of the thing and they you know ford's been using plug-in charge for a year and a half they just uh, promoted um tesla's former chief uh information officer oh, as really? um as the new head of cariad the, the software arm yeah. of volkswagen I mean, the guy was already working there, but he wasn't. He didn't have like the top position. Now he has the top position, so maybe have a little bit more impact. We'll see. All right, JP Slamo says the first thing I thought about was how Twitter Tesla would be negatively impacted if Twitter was badly managed. Most surprisingly, is either that a Elon didn't anticipate this, or cool emoji. He doesn't care that much. Uh, I have a feeling neither of those are true. Um, oh, I mean, Elon probably didn't anticipate this. That's that's probably yeah. true. Yeah, that's probably true because it, like, I mean, the, the the way that he acquired it was wild in itself. Like, it, it looks like he was honest in his mission, like to what, what he wanted to do with Twitter at first, and then he, but he, he did anticipate it too late after making the offer. I think he was like, oh, this is gonna be. Uh, show yeah <laughs> and, and it uh, was and and it was and then he was like let's let's back away from it and then he couldn't back away from it and then the economics of it got worse too at the same time and then he had to like sell more tesla shares to make it and then and then it was it all tumbled away like it's it's wild 
All right, Green Gold says most tech stocks like Amazon, Meta, and Tesla are down over 50% year to date because of rising interest rates. Nothing special about Tesla stock, guys. Not true. No. Uh, yeah. Tesla's down 50% in the last three months. Uh, you know, the other stocks went down earlier. Also, also uh, the demand. Tesla is like doing discounts now, which they never did before. And now 10,000 free supercharging miles. These things are... Demand is being affected negatively right now. There's just no way around it. Yep. All right. From LinkedIn, uh, Daria Correa says, internal cabin cameras will be used for the driverless taxis. That was well, mainly why they were intro. <laughs> I mean, she's basically repeating what Elon said originally. Like That's what he said that they were going to use it for originally. Uh, obviously, that has not been the case because <laughs> there's no driverless taxis, and and there has been more traditional used to it. Like right right now, there is driver actual driver monitoring through the camera. I mean, yeah, and if you have it better, and you're using your phone or thing like that, that, it detects it right away and it tells you not to do that. So, and Tesla's been kind of moving away from the whole mm -hmm. taxi thing with you yeah. know a purpose built uh, driverless taxi that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, Jedi Anderson, it's not just interest rates. Amazon is down due to the end of the pandemic buying frenzies. Meta is down because of Zuckerberg's obsession with the metaverse idea and Apple changing data tracking. Uh, yeah, no, mm -hmm. it's it's specific to Tesla. Um, let's see. We'll move on from that discussion. Would love for you all to take a close look at Lilium. That's the uh, German like vertical takeoff and landing plane company lots of skepticism around lilium but it reminds me of tesla early days in some respects um you know we, we've talked about lilium when they have some uh announcements um you know vertical takeoff and landing is cool obviously you can you need really light really dense batteries to make that useful so when that happens, we'll talk more about them, I guess. What do you yeah, think? also, I'm just not that into that space. The HGV code takeoff and landing, like it's uh, there's, there's a lot of problems with it, but uh, if they can make it happen, I'm, uh, we'll, we'll take a look. All right, uh, Gerber Kawasaki Elon has now erased 600 billion of Tesla wealth and still nothing from the Tesla board of directors that's wholly unacceptable. Yeah, so what is the board of directors supposed to do? They they can vote him out. They can reprimand him. I don't know. I don't see them doing yeah. anything, to be honest with you. I mean, it's his brother, his buddies, yeah, uh, and a hand-picked chairwoman, uh, Robin Denholm. Yes, and but but it is still strange that a lot of top investors, like top shareholders, that normally have discussions with the investor relation department and the head, Martin Vieca, who's been a lot quieter these days he used to yep. like uh, he He's started in the last few months he started like posting on twitter and on linkedin and all that and now it's been a lot quieter these days because he's getting a lot of questions from people and he's not answering those questions so it is uh it is a sad time for tesla right now uh, jed anderson says what do you guys think about the news that lear is planning to build a 120,000 square foot ev parts plant in michigan solely to supply gm uh, i think gm is going to build a lot of evs in the next mm -hmm few years they, that's the their plan so uh these secondary parts manufacturers not a big surprise mm -hmm. all right uh spikes 43 question i thought that the third gen amd mcu and the three and the y lacked 
the powerful GPU and the S and the X. Are M are the MCUs the same now? I don't think so. I think the. Um, no, I never. I've heard some rumors about that, but I don't think we ever be able to confirm that that uh, that the three and Y are. I, I think he's saying. I think he's asking, or they are asking us. I don't know. Uh, spikes. Um, if the three and Y have the same capacity, GPU capacity as the X and X right now. So I think that's what they're asking, and I, I, we've never been able to confirm that. But there's been some rumors that yes, that's the case. Yeah, and I guess the idea is like, why would Steam only be on the S and X? Maybe it's just mm -hmm. a high-end option or something. All right, Stu, question. Uh, we kind of talked about LFP. We'd love to more coverage about LFP batteries and EVs. What's available mm -hmm. in North American EV market with LFP? Uh, basically, the Standard Ridge Plus Model Three, the Mackie uh, base Mackie is going to be LFP. Uh, yeah, I think right. I, I think next year. Or the year after that, we, we report on that when it comes. It's just it's not there's not that many movement on that front. I think a lot of companies are still uh, outside of China. In China, there's more options, honestly. LFP option, I mean. But uh, I think in, in North America, people are still uh, more familiar with uh, the nickel base, the NCA and the NMC uh, chemistries. So they're sticking for that to that for now. But you, you're going to see more options, and we're going to report on them as they come become available and are announced. All right, I'm going to try to move through these because we got a lot more and no, we're out of time. All right, uh, CDoc love my S Plaid, but what will be my last Tesla? The Elon I met when I ordered the Roadster in 2008 no longer exists. He he must go from Tesla. So there's a longtime yeah. Tesla guy. Uh, Jonathan Root, another longtime Tesla guy. I'm so ready for another CEO. Elon's blatantly lying on multiple fronts from selling the stock to banning people. He said he wouldn't. It's true. Uh, he systematically banned Twitter accounts of critics last night. Plain talk was over. Cover. Yeah, the the the. I, I haven't looked into the Lizette thing that you sent me today. Uh, I haven't seen the the article yet because apparently, like, there's no nothing about the plane, and she was she was banned too with a critical article on Elon and Tesla. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. As, there's one thing I wanted to discuss real quick because I I got that a lot this week where. Uh, People were like, hey, you're always just reporting negative thing on Tesla because it makes you money and everything. And uh, I just want to clarify something real quick. And uh, credit to Ariel Elwani for that, who's uh, one of my journalistic heroes. Uh, it, one of my other passion, other than electric vehicle, is actually uh, martial art. And Ariel Elwani is the leading journalist when it comes to martial art. And he was attacked. Roughly attacked last week, uh, Patty, and, right? Uh, Patty and and uh, and uh, UFC president Dana White. Um, yeah, I have a long, long-standing relationship and everything. And he had like the master of the masterful, just shutdown of everything that Patty said, including the thing about uh, where Patty accused him of making money off of fighters. And uh, I mean, we have, you have to give it to our, Ariel. He's a better journalist than I'll ever be. And he's, he's so by the book with that stuff. And you have to give it. On our side, there's no doubt about it. Well, first to admit it, we make more money. Set make more money. I make more money when we have more clicks. There's, uh, we, the, the way that we're set up, it, that's how it works. It's just so I'm going to be. It's I always going to be that way. Yeah, it's always going to be that way. That's, our, that's, that's how it works. We make more money when we, when we have more clicks. However, I want to be as clear as I can get that I don't make more clicks 
from articles that are negative about Tesla. On the contrary, all of my biggest articles are all positive about Tesla. And by a long shot, like a long shot, like this month, my biggest article by far was on the Tesla Semi, was a positive article about on the Tesla Semi, on the 500 mile runs, that was by far my biggest one. All of my biggest articles are all positive shots about Tesla. It's complete misconception that my articles, my negative articles on Tesla get more clicks, completely false. In fact, I would basically make the same money that I make now if I would just do puff piece on Tesla all the time. Probably make more money if I would just do that and my life would be a hundred times easier, like a hundred times easier. All I had to do is ignore the, the Tesla shorts and all that, how <laughs> easier that. So we, it, we, it's not about, this whole thing is not about money at all. If, it, if we were just about money, you would, you would tell, like it, would, it, would be, it would be so obvious. We are, are, we have a responsibility to our readers to try to give you guys the best information possible. And obviously we are a partisan publication in the sense that we are pro electric vehicles and we want to see, uh, we are pro, pro uh, cl climate initiative. And we are, we have a bias in that front, if you want to call it that, and uh, there's no doubt about it, but there's nothing about making money off criticizing tesla like show me some proof because i can show you proof on my side like like ariel sells i'll show you the receipt like we we, we have a sale on their side my, our biggest articles are all positive about Tesla. it just doesn't work like that that might change in the future but not because not not on our fault like let's say that uh, for some reason there's just more people that once click on negative stuff like that, that that might happen but for us it's not the case right now never been the case and it's not what's going to drive our content unfortunately um c doc saying france should re replace uh elon i don't think he's going to be the top guy to replace Elon right now i can tell you though that leo which i mean if someone is going to have any impact is going to be leo he's the third biggest tesla investor might become the biggest one if you want to keep saying yeah. all the time okay. uh he's uh asking for He's open to Elon naming the next CEO or at least bringing someone in. But of course, he wants uh, an independent search from the board, which that's always the case anyway. And he wants uh, at least interim CEO to be either Drew or Zach. Um, so, of course, that's Zach Kirkhorn, the CFO, or Drew Baglino, the uh, senior VP of engineering, uh, which I'm both very okay with. I think that's that, that would make a ton of sense. What about Herbert Dees? I mean, yeah, as an, uh, an outsider, yeah, you, you, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. Uh, yeah, I would, I would love for Herbert to uh, to come in and take over the day to day, and and then you keep everyone like you. Maybe you make uh, Drew Drew should be CTO. Really deserves it, I think. Uh, Drew Baglino should be made CTO, yeah. and uh, and still focus on the engineering part. And then you keep Elon around too. Elon has had a good impact on Tesla's product. There's no doubt about it. So keep him around, but find a way to detach him from Tesla's marketing right now because I think that's a big issue. All right. Do we, we ended on that? We've been on an hour yeah. and 20 minutes and we've been talking yeah, we're, about we're, this like 40 minutes. There's just a lot of the same, which is, you know, yeah, got to go. All right. Well, thanks, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thanks everyone for watching. If you are watching right now, you can give us a thumbs up uh, and subscribe. And if you're listening on your podcast app right now, you can give us a five-star review. Only if you liked it, obviously. Uh, that helps us show tremendously. So uh, thanks a lot, everyone. And we're going to see you same, play, same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.